You're the morning star. You're the bringer of dawn. Welcome back to Road Trip 7 with the Iowa Gallivant. I am JJ, and you are in the middle of the best podcast series you could possibly want if you are a fan of the beautiful things that we call authentic tacos and taquerias, because this is a three, excuse me, part three in a seven part series of where we can find them right here in the state of Iowa. And yes, right here in the state of Iowa, you can get some of the best authentic Mexican food you can find anywhere in the country. And one of our favorite places is, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say what uh, the gateway of Southeast Iowa. I certainly hope there's not another community <laughs> that has coined that phrase. If there is, I apologize. But I'm from Iowa City and just an hour south of us, very short drive, if you ask me, uh, to get uh, some amazing food is Columbus Junction in Louisa County. And uh, I'm talking to you, Iowa City folks. I'm talking to everybody. I'm talking to the whole world. But I'm talking to you that live just an hour away in that big metro area, you want, you're wanting a day trip, you want to get some good food, you want to see some beautiful scenery, Louisa County is where it's at, all right? It has tons and tons and tons, I can't remember how many thousands of acres of public land, whether it's a county, state, or federal, and to go with it, it has some amazing places to eat in Columbus Junction. Yes, that little town, Columbus Junction, is probably one of the premier towns in the state of Iowa to get authentic Mexican food. And one of our favorite places, and it had, it's it's gaining steam every year. Uh, we went there when it was still very it was very popular when we first went there, but it wasn't nearly as popular as it is now. It seems like on the on the online and. Uh, throughout the media and everything like that. And that is uh, Antojito's Carmen. And it's right on Main Street, Columbus Junction. We wandered into this place probably, I think it was around 2010. And then uh, we finally blogged about it a few years later. And, uh, excuse me, our first time, I'm looking at my R&D department right here. <laughs> our first time we went there was 2013. Okay, good. Thank you very much. So it was, it was close. That's close to 2010, right? If we were going to round down. So there you go. So, and, uh, the thing is, is, you know, it's, it's in a little tiny town, uh, and it's in a, it's a very, uh, 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 it's a very uh, hilly town, so it's like it, you're driving through uh, the northern part of Louisa County, and you go through the marshes. If you get off in uh, the, the wetlands area, there you go through Conesville, which is very rich in agricultural uh, uh, industry and history. Uh, that's where a lot of our best uh, melons in the summer come from: uh, water, uh, watermelon, uh, muscatine melons, things like that. Conesville is is uh, is very proud of the agriculture uh, industry they have there. And you get to uh, uh, Columbus Junction and Columbus City in this area, and you uh, are met with some uh, restaurants you may not be expecting if you're going through rural Iowa. It has a very uh, high Hispanic population, a very uh, per capita basis, and, and it's got a concentrated uh, uh, Burmese population, so you can actually get some uh, very good Burmese food there, too. And, but, uh, uh, I think the, the king of, uh, 
what to eat there the, uh, is the the Mexican food. It's it's really it's it's just exactly what you're looking for in an authentic taqueria, if you ask me. And uh, Antojitos uh, Corman is, uh, like I said, gaining steam. It seems like almost every month they re they recently got the distinction of the best place in Louisa County to eat by Travel Iowa and I'm so glad they picked them because I I was I was really 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 hoping they uh picked them and they did and uh boy I wish I could take uh take the claim to get that going but it's not just me cuz it's it's the thousands of people that are are becoming fans of this of this little tiny Mexican restaurant family owned Mexican restaurant uh owner came over from uh California uh, his family uh, lived uh, over here in Iowa, and he figured, you know what, I might as well go live by my family. He opened his taqueria, and the rest is history. And now he has one of the, I think, be one of the best taquerias in the state, one of the best taquerias in the Midwest. And uh, they have all, all the traditional things you could possibly want there. You know, uh, you know, yeah, the, the carne asada, the carnitas. Oh my gosh, I think the carnitas there are are some of the best I've ever had. And I usually gravitate to some other things when I go to taquerias, but I do like uh, to, you know, you know, uh, order three or four tacos and have them all be different. And then I choose the one that I really like, and I usually order one or two more, sometimes more. <laughs> it's a, that's what it's like. You know, that's what you do at taquerias. And, um, uh, you know, they have other things on their menu, you, burritos and, you know, combination platters and things like that. But I'm telling you... Uh, Try to just stick to the tacos, especially on your first time, because that's what I think they do best here. And that's what drives me to this restaurant an hour away from my house. Yes, I'll drive an hour for a taco. I'll drive further than that if it's great. And the best thing about this restaurant on Main Street, uh, Columbus Junction, Iowa, is uh, uh, talking about Antojitos Carmen again, I think is their salsas. They're made from scratch. They... They are more than likely the best salsas I've had here in Iowa. Uh, some of the best I've ever had. And they're always fresh. And you can tell that they're made from scratch. You can tell that they're proud of them, too, because they will talk about how uh, the process goes in the making. And they're not going to give you a, give you the recipe, but... They're proud to talk about it. That's what I really like to to hear from the owners and the workers there is the when it comes to the quality of their food, they will tell you what goes into it as far as the work, as far as the pride, as far as the fresh ingredients. And you can tell here. And I don't usually drown my food in salsas and things like that. I almost always put a little bit on there. Uh, but here... You know, I find myself putting it on the tacos, uh, taking a bite, putting more on the tacos, taking a bite, and so on and so on. Because it's that good. It really is. And that right there is worth the, worth the drive. And I'm talking to the Iowa City folks because, uh, uh, specifically, because like I said, it is only an hour away from the Iowa City metro area. But tons of people up there, I know, I live here are looking for that authentic feel, and they also want a road trip, and they also want to discover new things. So there's no reason to put this off uh, any longer. And if you want to go during the winter, more power to you. I recommend the summer as well. The summertime is even better in Louisa County. There's not a bad time to go. 
And you're going to be passing through, uh, like I said, uh, some pretty interesting places getting back to Conesville and Conesville Marsh. That's a, a, a natural wonder here in Iowa that a lot of people don't know about, especially uh, the folks that live so close to it. It's uh, it's it's one of those things that doesn't, you know, I can't do it very much justice talking about it. So, I mean, you could go on internet and Google search images of Conesville Marsh and you'll see some beautiful pictures. Don't get me wrong, but it, it won't, it won't be anything uh, like when you're in, you're there in person. It's just, it's, it's got, uh, okay. So there's one thing I don't like doing, but I'm going to do it here anyway, uh, because I know that it helps people relate to things a little bit more. I don't like uh, uh, referring parts of the Iowa region or another part of the Midwest region to regions outside of the area. You know, I, cause I think, I think it's, you should try to own it as your own. You know, it's like, uh, some, one time I heard, uh, someone say, uh, like, um, a certain hilly part of Iowa is like the Appalachians. I'm like, no, it's not, you know, and that's not saying it's not beautiful. I'm not saying it's just, you can't really compare the two. Just, you know, have it be your own. It's okay to, um, you know, to, uh, uh, call it what, what it is. However, I digress. And when I get to Louisa County, a lot of it kind of reminds me of, of, of the bayou down in Louisiana. Not exactly like it. Like I said, it's not exactly like it, but it has sort of that feel in a good way because you have like kind of the marsh, uh, excuse me, the marsh, the marshes, the kind of the swampy areas, uh, mixed in with the beautiful plush forests. And then you have our own, um, mix of uh, beauty and you have the agriculture and the cornfields and the soybean fields and they all kind of just they just all kind of grow into uh each other and then you have like the like i said the melon farms you know that's a lot of people outside of iowa don't realize that we have some of the best melons in the world uh and uh, they're grown right here in iowa they're delicious they're they're sweet they only come out a certain part of the year and we gobble them up as soon as we can and you know, a lot of people think, you know, cantaloupes and uh, honeydew and watermelon and things like that. You know, they think Texas and the southwest part of the country growing. And they, you know, they grow some great uh, produce down there. But we do a great job here in Iowa because and, and it comes even in Iowa. We get so used to corn, soybeans, uh, things that we grow a ton of that we feed the world with. You're right. We do that better than anybody else. But there are some other things that our local growers are doing every year that's our own and you get it right down here in Louisa County it's a thing of beauty and in the Muscatine County area as well and when you're driving down to Columbus Junction you're going to see uh, this big sign that says the Thirsty Camel and it's a supper club um, it's it's where I, I say if, if you're looking for directions there if you're living in the stone age you know the, the stone ages and um or the Dark Ages, Stone Ages. Oh my gosh, what's going on with me? Is that even a thing? The Dark Ages is what I meant to say. <laughs> if you're, a, a, yeah, whatever. The, yeah, if you know what, let's go with it. If you're living in the Stone Ages, um, <laughs> under a rock uh, in the Dark Ages, there we go. And uh, you don't have GPS or you don't have Google on your phone, and which is, you know what, totally fine. I want to take a huge long road trip without the aid of a phone. I used to do that all the time back in the nineties and. Uh, I hardly ever do it now, and I need to get back to that. Uh, and, but if you're looking for the thirsty camel, uh, what's, what I say is it's right in between the, the cornfield and the marsh, and the, you have one of the best supper clubs. 
in Iowa too. And it's a very famous one uh, because it's uh, it's in a it's in a uh, area that's right on the Louisa excuse me Louisa County and Muscatine County line, and technically in Louisa County, uh, and it's got a lot of entertainment that goes through there every year. And the, the restaurant is amazing. The, the the food there, the people that run it are are what you what I would say is what you find in a typical supper club in Iowa. And then you have all the funny concerts and shows and events they have there uh, close by. And it's it's something you gotta ex- got to experience. So check that out. The Thirsty Camel and all the things that go on there. You, it's it's one of the most unique parts of Southeast Iowa. But getting back to this little town of Columbus Junction. Because uh, if you're coming from Iowa City, you're you're going to go past the Thirsty Camel and Coensville and all that. And uh, once you once you uh, get into uh, Columbus Junction, you're going to get a whiff of the local meat packing plant. So that's Tyson. Uh, that's you know, hey, it is what it is. People need to need jobs, and we need to eat, and that's what they do there. And it puts out a certain aroma that you're just going to you're just going to get a, a you know a whiff of like I said and a lot of people will talk about that when they're getting into Columbus Junction uh the other towns uh, in Iowa people say uh certain things about the odor and I I don't disparage it at all because like I said it's what we have to do to uh um to work and everything like that and and it, it's it's one of those things. If you want industry, if you want your chicken patty sandwiches, if you want cereal and things like that, it's going to put out uh, it's going to put out something that uh, to someone who doesn't live there may be a little um, you know they might be put off a little bit on it. But you know I don't I don't care about it. personally I don't care. And uh, so you're going in there, and the first place you're going to see as far as a Mexican restaurant coming in from the Iowa City area is uh, Las Palmas. And uh, I've had, before going there, the best carne asada I ever had in my life was uh, uh, at, my friend uh, Lupe made it at a, 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 a guest ranch I worked at, resort uh, in Wickenburg. And we, she, she made it for the guests, but she also made it for us. She always made enough for everybody else. Uh, for us to eat too, and her carne asada was, oh, she was, oh my gosh, she um, came up to about my shoulders, oh my gosh, I got to get into the story, okay, all right, so Lupe, here we go, she came up to about my shoulders, she was going, she was closer to 60 than she was 50 when I worked with her, I know that, um, she's a very short Mexican lady uh, from Sonora, and uh, working in Wickenburg, Arizona, and she was one of the best cooks I've ever worked with in my life, and uh, the thing she made for us, just for us cooks, like, uh, oh God, like, uh, uh, chicharrones, uh, carne guisada, uh, guisada. Um, but what my favorite thing she made was her carne asada. Um, and, oh, and actually I gotta take that back. Okay. The best carne asada I ever had in my life to that point was hers. But my favorite thing she made for us was chicharrones with fresh guacamole, freshly cut, uh, jalapenos or serranos, whatever we had on hand, and on fresh corn tortillas that we all chipped in and made her recipe, her her training on it too. Oh, that was unbelievable. But so, yeah, so Lupe, <laughs> if you, all right, I think I've painted a good picture of her. You know, you're, uh, 
Um, basically, a very short uh, Mexican mother, um, very caring, very graspy voice. Um, loved to smoke, has uh, cigarettes, as we all love to love to do in those days, especially myself. Um, and very graspy voice, very very proud of her work, but she could be very happy, but she could be very stern too. Um, I was a bit of a prankster back in the day. And uh, one day, uh, my friend uh, put a brownie on his cutting board next to mine that he just got off the dessert table that was coming back from the buffet. And I was cutting fresh uh, habaneros at the time, so I stuffed his brownie with uh, diced habaneros, thinking he was just going to take a little nibble and go, oh, ha ha, funny. He stuck this whole brownie in his mouth in one bite. I'm, I'm telling you, the brownie was just a little bit smaller than a palm of the palm of his hand. Um, and he, and uh, I just was like, uh-oh. And I saw the uh, seven seals of the apocalypse show up in his eyes as they turned red. And I thought he was going to start screaming and yell at me. And he just looked at me and he said, Jay, that was very bad karma. And he walked out of the kitchen, probably to spit it out. And I just started laughing. I entertained myself. A minute or two goes by. I go to rinse off my hands, and uh, and then uh, um, I got distracted by somebody. I was going to the sink to rinse off my hands. Somebody mentioned something to me, and I said, "Okay, fine, I'm going on break." Um, and um, it distracted me from the sink, and um, I rinsed them off a little bit. And I was and I was about ready to go. I remember this like it was yesterday. I was going for the soap uh, to properly wash off my hands. All I was doing was rinsing them a little bit when someone was talking to me and I had to run out of the kitchen and go take care of something outside, uh, un, not work related. And on my way back to the work, I stopped into the restroom and I used the, used the facilities and washed my hands after I was done. And trust me, I do that all the time. Uh, and then I got back to work and I would say a good minute goes by and I'm starting to feel this burning in my midsection and I don't know what's going on. And I, 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 and then it starts, it's building and building and building. Finally, it feels like my midsection is on fire. And then that's when I realized that I did not wash my hands properly after cutting fresh habaneros and the karma train for my little prank made an abrupt stop very quickly and i and i i'm i'm not going to give you uh, too much detail of where it was hurting but i think you can probably figure it out and i went to the one person in the kitchen i knew i could confide with and i said lupe this is what happened and she starts laughing and laughing and laughing and she said um, you need to grab milk or a container of sour cream. And she's like passing me the sour cream. She's like, and if you have ice cream, get that. That's the best. But the, I grabbed the first thing I could, and that was a gallon of milk in the kitchen and ran down to my apartment, which was just down the hill. We lived on site of the resort. And before I, before I reached the door and she was genuinely, uh, saying this, like she, uh, she was laughing as she said it, but she meant it. She goes, Jay, do you need any help? <laughs> and I just gave her a dirty look and ran down to my apartment. And, oh, and just had me and the gallon of milk and a, a clean towel. And I took care of what I started. And I have not put hot chili peppers, especially habaneros, into anybody's food on a pranking uh, 
uh, basis since. So, like I said, the karma train showed up. So that's Lupe, and that's what this podcast is all about. Yeah, I'm going to get off topic a little bit, but I'm doing this because I want to uh, showcase a lot of the people and highlight a lot of the folks that I've worked with in the past and have met. And I can't, I can't do this without them, even though they're not here. I can't. I'm not. I can't be here in the role that I am without them. It's, you know, and that includes my wife and my kids and everything. And there's a bunch of folks I met before they became they came into my lives, and they're the reasons why I, uh, you know, I, I I believe in the butterfly effect. They're the reasons why I have this happy family life now, even though I used to be a bit of a, a party animal and things like that. But uh, you know, I'm very thankful for the folks I've met along the way. And I'm going to be uh, featuring them in this podcast over and over and over again. That probably probably will not be the last time I reference Lupe and my um, uh, midsec. Uh, yeah, that that midsection on fire story is something I will continue to tell the people because use gloves for one thing. I was just dumb for not using gloves while I'm chopping fresh habaneros. So. <laughs> Hey, I learned a lesson. So there you go. But getting back, <laughs> getting back to these taquerias, I'm sure there's some people out there that could sh share the same story. Getting back to these taquerias. So we talked about uh, uh, Antojitos, Carmen, and their just their rise, their meteoric rise uh, to the um, uh, the uh, I don't know. I don't want to call them. The, the, the greatest taqueria in Iowa, it's, they're one of the best, because every time I say it's the best, I find another one that's better. But getting back to the carne asada that Lupe made, the best uh, carne asada I had before that was in Wickenburg in the early, late 90s. And then a few years would go by, I'd be road tripping through central Texas, and I stopped in Waco. And I had, uh, I don't mind telling Lupe this, I had better carne asada than that she, she made. That was I never thought I'd have better than that in Waco. And then I got to Columbus Junction, Iowa. Stopped in the Las Palmas. I had a different meal when I was there, though. I had, you know, I, I you get that fajita um, craving. It's just that unholy fajita craving. You can't help it. You know there's probably better stuff on the menu, but you just, you, you hear that sizzle in the back, and you see it come to somebody's table, and you see all that smoke, and you're like, all right, I'm getting that. It's one of the best ways to sell something in restaurant history. Whoever came up with that. Uh, is just a, a genius, absolute genius, because if that's what you want to sell and be known for, that's one of the best ways to get people to start buying food and quick when you're in a restaurant. So we got the fajitas, not disappointed at all. Don't get me wrong, was not disappointed at all. But uh, inevitably, I started getting plate envy when I'm seeing other stuff come out. And uh, I was about ready to leave, and I say, well, what do you recommend um, for the next time we come? And I said this to the owner. And she's like, whoa, you got to get our carne asada next time you come. And she goes, in fact, uh, let me get me some of that right now. And I was like, I couldn't, I was stuffed. <laughs> I was stuffed, but I didn't care. She was, she's like, you got to try it. I'm like, all right, that's fine. And by the way, this was one of the first times somebody ever, uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and gloat a little bit here. This was one of the first times that somebody asked us, are you the people that do the Iowa Gallivant? And I thought that was a cool thing. That was actually the first time someone stopped us and said, yeah. I think we have seen your travel blog before. So that was one of the coolest things. So she, of course I was going to love her stuff after that, right? Um, yeah, but even with that, uh, uh, 
even with that uh, uh, awesome, welcoming, gracious smile they all had there, including the owner, and uh, uh, calling us out for being a great travel blog. I, all that aside, their food was great, and then came her carne asada, and that, to this point, I'm not going to say it's the best in the world, because I could have, I thought Lupe's was going to be the best, and I thought that place in Waco was going to be the best. As of right now, Las Palmas in Columbus Junction has served up the best carne asada I've ever had. So that's just restaurant one when, you, when we're coming into Columbus Junction on our little taco tour. And then, of course, we went to our old standby that we've loved for years, Antojitos Carmen. We got all of the, you know, oodles of their tacos with the, the chorizo, the lingua, the. Uh, uh, the uh, like I said, I think they have some of the best carnitas you're going to find. And then across the street is a place called Santa Ana, uh, Santa Ana, excuse me. And uh, they uh, uh, have uh, a, a bakery there too, but they also serve uh, their own tacos there. And uh, we went barbacoa there, and it was did not disappoint. Barbacoa is can it, it, there's a different there's different styles of barbacoa as there is everything, but I've very rarely had I've had um uh this exact same barbacoa in um multiple regions like I, the barbacoa i get in texas is usually around you know the same consistency around the same flavor and texture and everything like that they have their different spices and techniques on how they prepare it but you know, it's usually the same and same with arizona the barbacoa and everything like that. So I don't know. Um, it's, it's definitely not like an Iowa-style barbacoa. Uh, I don't think that exists. Maybe it can at some point. But uh, Santa Ana um, uh, might have figured it out. And they have their own style of barbacoa. And it's slow-roasted beef is what it is. And it has a very, very, very tender uh, uh, feel to it. Um, it's not It's not as, a, um, uh, I would say, uh, a I don't want to use the word messy. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not like crumbled beef where like you take a bite and then you have to, you know, kind of scoop it all back up in your tortilla, things like that. But it is very soft. It's not chunky like a, a carne asada would be. Um, but uh, it's delicious. And uh, some people do it uh, uh, really spicy. Some people don't do it spicy at all. This one was right in the middle uh, at Santa Ana. And uh, uh, it's paired beautiful with their, um, beautifully, with their fresh baked uh, uh, pastries, uh, Mexican-style pastries. And that's one of the best things you can experience when you're going to these towns in these areas is just when you think you're full, just when you think you can't get it, another taco in, you find a place that has another delicious taco. And next thing you know, you're like, you got, your tra you got that uh, tray with the tongs they give you, um, full of pastries you should have no business eating because you're so full but you can't help yourself because they look so great and they um you know i just take them home and have the pastries for dinner so there you go tacos for lunch pastries for dinner so you know those are just some of the uh, uh you know the three places in columbus junction they do have more i haven't been to all the places in columbus junction all the taquerias i don't think uh, there's that much more because it is such a small town but you know like I said, for such a, a rural area and for such a uh, 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 small uh, city, they produce some of the best uh, uh, Mexican food you're going to find. And that's great. Uh, it's The town um, 
has seen its heyday economically a long time ago. I believe they were known for their canning industry a long time ago, but uh, they, you know, they have uh, the uh, food processing plant there that brings in tons of workers now, and it has for many years. And uh, you know, the Main Street area has seen a little bit of a renaissance, especially with these restaurants moving in. And the community is 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 a is a proud uh, community, and it knows its history, and it and it uh, keeps up with it very well. The the uh, uh, Louisa County economic developers and the tourism bureaus and things like that they I think they do an amazing job for the resources they have. And not only is Louisa County um, not only does it have uh, uh, the most public land in the state of Iowa um, for or some of the I'm sorry. So, uh, uh, a county that has some of the most acreage when it comes to public land. And I'm going to check on that. They might have the most, but it's also, uh, it's one of the lowest populated counties. So therefore you have tons of public land and with not that many people. So you can have your privacy if you want it uh, here in Louisa County and in one of the best places uh, to go in Louisa County as far as getting in touch with nature, uh, history, and landmarks and things like that is the uh, Swinging Bridge, uh, Lover's Leap Bridge in Columbus Junction. And tons of people have gone across this. Uh, my kids sprint across it, and I've seen joggers with their dogs uh, run across it. Got, run across the Swinging Bridge. I think it looks like something out of Indiana Jones. I am uh, I'm not really afraid of heights. But I'm afraid of like ladders and things that aren't that I don't have control of. There you go. That's a good way to put it. That just came when it comes to that just came to me. When it comes to heights and things like that, if I'm not really in control of everything, like I, I like if I'm on a ladder, I don't feel like I'm in charge of there. <laughs> I feel like the ladder and the or swinging bridges, you know, are uh, are in charge. And if they decide to uh, take a break, I can't help it. But this thing is very sturdy in Columbus Junction. Don't get me wrong. My kids sprint across it as well as my dog when we brought her. And it's uh, it's it there is it's it's a steep drop. Uh, if you if you were to, uh, you know, d uh, if you were to get a little too close to the edge and decide to uh, take a picture of your of the foliage uh, from uh, the top of it and uh, decide to, you know, take a leap, I guess. I mean, I don't know if you would want to do that, but they call it Lover's Leap Bridge for for a reason. And the legend goes is that a Native American woman who was heartbroken took took a took a dive off of it, and that's that's where we're at. That's one of the nicknames for it. And uh, it is a very beautiful bridge, though. And I recommend, uh, like I said, there's not a bad time to go to Wise County, but if you can go in the spring when it just turns intensely green, oh my gosh, that's the best time to visit this bridge. It's a, it's so beautiful. And I mean, Louisa County, the entire area is beautiful at that time of year, um, as is in the summer. And But that would be my ideal uh, time to go. You create some beautiful uh, uh, picture opportunities. And, and your uh, uh, family's going to love it. I mean, it ranges anywhere from my kids who are like, you know, like, like I said, Indiana Jones and are adventurous to me that's shuffling across <laughs> um, one plank at a time like I'm uh, like, 
who's like the like the kid in uh, uh, Stand by Me when they're on the railroad tracks. He's just on his hand. <laughs> yeah, he's on his hands and knees, and he's and you know Gordo is behind him trying to get him to go faster. That would be me. Yep, that would be me. Yep. Mm -hmm. So that would be a good uh, uh, comparison right there. So and the the great thing about uh, Louisa County too is. Like I said, you know, you get off the beaten path a little bit. Uh, I recommend uh, Chickapin Bluffs. Uh, they are not too far from Columbus Junction. And they uh, give you a, just a, a, a great far away view of the Mississippi River. And a little thing about Louisa County, it's the only county in Iowa that does not have a bridge over the Mississippi to the bordering state. That's the only, it's the only one there. So, and I think that's kind of cool to tell you the truth. Uh, up until recently, I think they didn't have any, uh, they were like one of the few counties that didn't have like a four lane highway. They might be, I, they, I don't know if that's open yet. So they, that could still be a thing. And I believe they uh, don't have any stoplights or anything like that. There's several counties in Iowa like that because of the population. Then why do you need a stoplight? But uh, that's what, that's to me, when I hear those sort of things, that's what gets me there. I'm just like, okay, I found my place. I can have my privacy. I can see the wonders and majesty of Iowa and it's there in Louisa County. I'm telling you right now that that beauty and majesty is there in so many different ways, along with that, uh, Mississippi river culture that, uh, that, I think Iowa does better than any state on its banks. I truly believe that. And I'm not just saying that because I'm from here, but if you want a Mississippi River experience, come to Iowa. If you want to, if you, it's a, I'm, I'm telling you, you know, I go to St. Louis, great town. I go to Memphis, great town. I go to the Twin Cities, great area. I get the St. Louis, I get, uh, I get the St. Louis experience, which is great. I get the New Orleans experience, which is great. I get the Memphis experience, which is great. But if you're looking for a Mississippi River experience, a true uh, delight when it comes to the culture of the Mississippi. I just think that Iowa does the best. And from New Albany, which is in Alamakee County, down to Keokuk, which is in Lee County, those that's corner to corner on our in our state along its banks. I, I think this is where you got to go. And don't and don't sleep on the Louisa County. They also have Port the uh, Port of Louisa, Port of Louisa. There we go. I kind of said that in one word, Port Eliza. Can I? I'm going to go with that, Port Eliza. There we go. <laughs> and it's a, you know, it's a, it's a national uh, wildlife refuge, and it's a, it's kind of cool because you go in there and you have like the cornfields to your left and right, or soybeans, depending on what part of the, uh, what year, it, uh, year it is, like what they grew um, the summer before, and then it turns into marshes, and then you see. And then you see the the wildlife, like the herons and the wildflowers, all the all the uh, uh, the birds. If you're geez, if you if you love bird watching, this is this is your place. I mean, Port Eliza uh, is is uh, a, a bird watcher's dream. I mean, you have a platform where you can use your own binoculars, or you can borrow some from the interpretive center, and uh, Great paths, uh, great uh, that lead down to the river, and uh, they uh, uh, supply some of, uh, um, I think, one of, some of Iowa's best forested areas, especially when it comes to hiking and things like that. And it has just that unique feel to it. Of, uh, like I said, uh, it's it, it's 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 its own 
county. It really is. There's there's a lot of counties in Iowa that look very similar to the one you were just at, and that's okay. I'm not besmirging them at all. But there's Louisa is its own county. I think uh, Winnesheet County is like that. I think uh, Alamakee County is like like I said, it's got its own special uniqueness. Uh, you know, you get up to the northwest part of Iowa, like O'Brien County. I don't think there's any other place you can compare that. In, uh, compare that to any other place in Iowa you can par- compare it to. And Louisa County is no different. Uh, it's It's got this natural beauty to it that if you're an outdoor sportsman, uh, whether it's hunting or fishing or kayaking or whatever, uh, camping, uh, and you are looking for anything like that to where you can just kind of either be yourself or be by yourself, then this is it right here. You'll, you'll find your privacy but you'll also find a, a, a lot of places to uh, visit as a group too. If a big family, a big family event or a big uh, family getaway, you'll, you're going to find it here. And then you have like the little towns, uh, like Wapalo and Columbus Junction, and you have your wineries like Odessa. Uh, you know, they they things like that that you're going to uh, run into. Uh, the little town of Letts. It's technically in Muscatine County. Uh, you have another amazing winery there with Commission Man Red. Oh my gosh, Arden Creek. That's, whew, that's good. And then, like I said, like little uh, Odessa uh, uh, winery there. That's uh, not too far from the port of Louisa, uh, and it's uh, natural. Uh, it's it's natural beauty there too. So, and one of the uh, uh, one of the towns that you'll go into that has like its own special, uh, you know, its own special uh history and things like that morning sun you know you can get back there and see like the, the kind of like the history of like the postal service that went through there and you're like saying like jj i'm not really interested in that kind of stuff well i wasn't either when i first went and what but when i visit these museums and these landmarks and things like that all of a sudden you get it it has special meaning to these towns and the people that live there and the people that volunteer to keep that history going, which is important. You may not be interested in those sort of things right off the bat, but you will be um, um, more than likely interested after you see these sort of things, like history of the Pony Expresser, the history of rural postal service and things like that. And even if even if you're really not, even if you'll become an aficionado, um, which after you visit these places, which is fine, but you at least have the appreciation for the folks who volunteer their time to take care of that kind of thing. And I, and that's what I truly, truly love. And getting into little towns like Morning Sun, which is in Louisa County, uh, they do a better job than anywhere in the country. And not to, I'm not talking about just in Iowa, but just these little museums and these little towns and these uh, um, very low populated uh, areas, their museums are so precious because they have, they always produce something that's unique that you won't find anywhere else. Uh, I know that's what a lot of museums pride themselves on, but it's true. Uh, And the smaller ones too, you're going to, you're going to come away with a story. You're going to see an artifact that you had no idea existed and how in the heck is it in rural Iowa? That's what you'll be saying to yourself when you go to these places. And Morning Sun, from what I learned when we were there, has one of one of the biggest uh, fireworks displays 
in the state of Iowa. And that's not too far from Iowa City and Muscatine and the Quad Cities, you know, the Keokuk, Fort Madison area. So, you know, I like uh, supporting my local businesses and my during the holidays and the people who, who do that kind of stuff. But if you're kind of looking for like a different way to celebrate the holidays, like 4th of July, then get out a little bit and you might want to check out Morning Sun uh, in that little town and what they do for 4th of July. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's okay. It's all right. Your, your, your friends and hometown will still be there when you get back and you can support them for the rest of the year, rest of the year. But, uh, I recommend when it comes to the holidays, 4th of July, Christmas, Labor Day, Thanksgiving, things like that to kind of just experience something a little bit different every now and then. I think you'll really appreciate those holidays even more. So we're getting into, uh, the, Last part of our uh, uh, podcast here. It's started out with tacos, and we've gone to uh, <laughs> natural majesty of Wise County, which you should. But uh, this is what you. This is going to be your uh, homework assignment here. And usually, and in the past episodes, I've kind of given you the homework assignment to be um, kind of like a broad sort of topic where you can go anywhere to get this done kind of per se but no this is your homework assignment because i think it's very important uh, i love native american history and i uh, i think we need to uh, pay attention to it a little bit more actually more than ever um you know it doesn't matter what kind of history it is we're in we're always going to be in trouble of losing it so therefore i want you to uh, go to Louisa county to this little town called toolsboro and they have some ancient uh, Indian mounds there, some burial grounds. And uh, right beside it, which I think is one of the most special areas in the entire Midwest, not only do you have ancient Indian burial grounds there and a neat little interpretive center, but just uh, off the road right by them is another uh, monument to the Littleton family. Uh, the Littleton family was a uh, was uh, an area uh, area family in the Civil War times that uh, uh, went from a very large family to a somewhat uh, average sized family in a short period of time right before the right before the uh, Civil War started the the two uh, parents died just before the Civil War and then six brothers six Littleton brothers that was their last name went to, to fight for the Union in the Civil War, and every single one of them died. Uh, and that leaving their four sisters, and I believe, as as uh, as from what I've heard, uh, one sister of the four uh, stayed in the Toolsboro area. It's now, it's now it's an unincorporated town, very small. Permelia, isn't that just the most beautiful name you ever heard? I think Permelia... Uh, I, 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 there's something about that name and this story in particular, when I hear that name, Permelia, it just, it just really, it really just penetrates my brain. I think it's a beautiful name and it just seems to be so fitting for this story. Uh, I believe Permelia is the one that stayed in Loiza County and you have to go see this memorial. It is it needs to be on your bucket list. I'm telling you right now, if you're a traveler, if you love history, especially military history, if you love Native American history, and you want to support veterans and troops and things like that, this is one of the one of the uh, best places in the in the country. You're going to you're going to visit. 
you don't have to go to the giant memorials, and you should go to those, don't get me wrong, um, but you don't have to go to those memorials to, to feel the impact of what our veterans have done for us throughout history. It doesn't, that, that's not the only places um, that give you that feeling. That's, uh, uh, it's can be in a small area. It can be in a, uh, very, um, rural area such as Toolsboro that can give you this appreciation for what folks in our past have done for us. And then, like I said, just a short walk away is the ancient uh, Indian burial grounds in, in the Toolsboro mounds. And you get so much absorbed when you're there, when it comes to history and these famous landmarks along the Mississippi River, and it's in one of the smallest communities you'll you'll find. So I, that is your homework assignment. Go to Toolsboro. Uh, I recommend in the summertime, but like I said, if you find yourself in Louisa County at any other point, swing on by uh, the Littleton Memorial and see what this family sacrificed. Uh, in, in the 1800s. And it's amazing. And then uh, and one of the reasons why I say you might want to wait till the summer or the spring is because the interpretive center for the for the Toosboro Mounds will be open. But uh, you can still, like I said, get a, a fond appreciation and, uh, you know, a, a little bit of the all the emotions that come with it when you go to this area. And there is so much more about Louisa County. There is so much more about the wonderful tacos I could go into. But uh, uh, you know what? Um, we got to cut this uh, podcast. Uh, I don't want to say cut it short. I'm about two minutes longer than we usually go. So. <laughs> but uh, I can't tell you how much um, I love doing this podcast. We went off, we went off topic, which is going to happen every single uh, podcast we do. We went off topic with Lupe there a little bit. So, and uh, here is a, a travel tip. Uh, when it when you see a sign that says scenic overlook, when you see a sign that says scenic overlook, of course, stop, check it out. It's, it's there for a reason. It's going to show you something beautiful. Uh, but like I always say, you know, look what's behind you too. <laughs> it's, it's strange. Look at the, look at the, uh, the, uh, expressions on people's faces, especially your loved ones. If you're with them, get pictures of them looking at the scenic overlook uh, for the first time, if you can, if you can make it happen, because that will really sell the area for the, for the folks that maintain it. If you can get their genuine looks on, uh, on a picture when they, when they see it for the first time, there is nothing better than that. It's almost as good as the scenic overlook itself. So do yourself a favor, do the folks who maintain those overlooks a favor and get those emotional, uh, looks when, they when especially like when your kids see it for the first time so that's my little travel tip for you so all right we have got to go thank you columbus junction louisa county and all the surrounding areas that we just talked about i can't wait to see you again and everybody always remember this our favorite destination is always the next one thanks again everybody have fun on road trip seven with the iowa gallivant <laughs>